Looking for your next spot out with family or friends? Whether you're on the east side, downtown, in Fitchburg, or at Hilldale, you're sure to enjoy one of Madison's favorite traditions. Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, Madison's home for craft beer and pub food since 1994. Everybody, huddle up. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, this is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN with former Badgers Brad Nortman. And Nortman, it's a fake. Great call and great execution. Not a Hawkeye in sight. And Chris Orr. An excellent play by the freshman out of DeSoto, Texas, Chris Orr. Here's Alex Strofe. The Great Dane Huddle, but the intro lied to you. We are live at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Fitchburg. Alex Strofe alongside the former Badger, the former Carolina Panther, the former Jacksonville Jaguar, the brilliant mind of Brad Nortman. Hello, Brad. Thanks for showing up today, buddy. How are you? Hello, Alex. I came all the way from downtown Milwaukee to make sure I got here on time, and I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't be late either. I can promise you that much. No, it's it's a great show of respect by you. Um, Now, you heard in the intro, joined by former Badgers Brad Nortman and Chris Orr, although Brad Nortman is just here. I am joined by Chris Orr, except I'm joined by Chris Orr via cell phone connection Chris Orr, you texted me at 5.56, five minutes ago, and you said, it's obvious I'm going to be late. My bad. What the hell happened? Man, I'm on the way back from Waukesaw, man. I had to get some work in out there, man. So, yeah, I'm a little little late. Okay, so did you forget this was happening, or are you just running plain late? No, I'm just running plain late. Are you often a guy that runs late? No, not at all. Okay. I think you know that by now, too, brother. Uh, that, that's what I've been thinking, right? Because usually about 5.30 you're here, maybe 5.40 at the latest. So when 5.55 rolled around and there was no sight of you, uh, I, I got a little concerned. Maybe you didn't know this was happening. But then one minute later, I get a text that says, it's obvious I'm going to be late. Um, so this is what we're going to do, Chris. Uh, we're we're going to allow you to roll in whenever you roll in. We've got the bench that we are sharing. I was going to leave the show with this. We are sharing a bench today, all three of us on one bench. So we will, uh, like like the odd couples at restaurants that sit on the same side of the booth, we will share a booth. We'll keep the seat warm from you, and we'll see you when you get here, okay? All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks, Chris. Uh, that's Chris safe, Orr, man. who will join us shortly. <laughs> Uh, Brad Nortman is here. I want to talk Jordan Love. I want to talk Jonathan Taylor. I want to talk Badgers coming up in 11 days, I believe, if my math is correct, from today. Is kickoff maybe 12 days from 12 today? 12 days. 12 days. Uh, so we've got a lot to get to tonight. But what the hell, Brad? What are we doing here? This isn't a JV operation we're running. No, we're not. I mean, this is – li- I'd like to think that we're, we're professionals, right? Yeah. We show up on time early, and that's why when Chris Orr wasn't here, usually I'm the last one to show up, right? Yeah, correct. And you guys are already here. You're already working into it, and I'm kind of feeding off of your guys' energy. Like, okay, it, we're back. It's the Great Dane Huddle trio. And I was like, my guy Chris Orr, gone, not here. Where is he? And they got closer and closer and closer. Here's what I want to know. He left Waukesha. That's like an hour away. Yep. So he puts it into his maps and says arrival time, 6.15. Why not text then? Uh, yeah. And say, I'm going to be late. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to ask him that yeah. when he actually shows up because that's a brilliant question. And 
Um, I understand, you know, he's, he's trying to get a shot. He's trying to get back into a camp or back in, back into a practice squad and back into the league. I get it. Um, I, I totally, totally get it. Right. He's a great guy. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Uh, 100%. But right now, and I'm eager to hear what the workout was that, I mean, and knowing Chris, so is he, something is he, very intense. Do you think he showered? Intense. Oh. If he was already running late, is we're he going to stink? We're, we're sharing, sharing a, a bench. bench here. Yeah. That's going to be a great – we're going to find out real quickly. Now, you're on the way left. I'll be in the middle. Chris is going to be in my right. Uh, okay. A lot of, lot of stuff. Alex Gravatt is with us. He's running the show back at the Everlight Solar Studio. Hi, Alex. Uh, is this what you expected us to start the show with tonight? Well, if we're talking about being unprofessional, like I'm a radio guy and I lost my voice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we're falling apart. I was yelling. So I had an ultimate Frisbee tournament this weekend, right? Like, it's the only thing I do outside of work. And we were getting very excited in some very heated games. And I was cheering on my teammates and shouting and and communicating on the field. And, uh, yeah, I blew out the vocal cords. They're, They're toast, so... Okay, well, we are, uh, we are hitting about 50% right now. Me and Brad are here in prime condition, ready to go, ready to have a fun show on a Monday night, which we look forward to each and every week. And then we've got one guy who's too busy lifting iron, although he could already throw me across the bar here at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company. He's running late. We've got a radio guy who doesn't have a voice producing the show for us. In fact, one of the four segments we do on the show is dedicated to the guy that doesn't have a voice. I don't know what the hell we're doing here, but we're acting like this is JV. The football season starts unofficially in 12 days when the Badgers kick off against Buffalo, and this is the form we're in, right? Like, this is when we are supposed to be in mid-season form. We are supposed to be humming at all rates right now as we gear up for the football season. And I've got one guy not here and one guy without a voice. So, there's, there's, it's there's the no preseason in our, in our business. No, no preseason. Cannot, cannot ease into it. I, I cut you off, Alex G. What would you say? I, I was going to say, it's the bachelor party of football season. We're about to get fully committed. we got to get wild before it. Wow. I, I mean, that's actually I, I a very I good I analogy. I can't argue that logic. It's a very good analogy. All right, let's move on. Speaking yeah. of bachelor parties, I felt like I was at one Saturday night because I was having so much fun watching Jordan Love sling the football uh, as the Green Bay Packers fall in a in a sh- abbreviated game, in a shortened game, to the New England Patriots Saturday. 21-17, but the score does not matter, Brad. It's a preseason game. What matters is, are you seeing good things out of the things you want to see good things out of? And the main thing you want to see good things out of for the Green Bay Packers this preseason is the quarterback, Jordan Love. The first series, bad. Bad snap, turnover in the red zone. Uh, Patriots capitalize. However, you come back on the field, second and third drives. No points in the second drive, but that third drive, you are humming, and the offense looks terrific. You have a overturned challenge up the sideline for, for uh, I think it was like 30 yards to Romeo Dobbs, and then you have a 20-plus yard touchdown pass to the rookie wide receiver Jaden Reed. Uh, the offensive line looked good. Jordan Love isn't getting touched, and he's throwing the football well. I am really excited about what I've seen out of Jordan Love, but at the end of the day, it is just preseason. It is preseason, but the, there are there are traits that you want to be able to pick out that we've talked about in preseason that you want to see. Can he do it here? Because if he's not doing it here, he's not doing it in a regular season game. And for those that are getting overly excited, I would caution a little bit. I mean, this is a big, big difference. And even if he starts week one, week two, with the same level of success, it's really like week seven, eight, nine, sure. when defensive coordinators start to get a feel for him, know how to scheme against him, and that's when it's really going to see, okay, can you play big boy football at this level? It seems like he can do that, by the way. 
but then also how can you adjust? How can you adjust to their adjustments and game plan and make the really hard throws? Because they're going to take away what you're comfortable with. With all that being said, I will say I'm pretty excited. He looks good, doesn't he, Strofe? He looks really good. There is even a couple throws where it's like it's almost Rodgers-esque, right? Oh, I mean, there, yeah. was, there was that, I think, you know, that, that touchdown play. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but it was like a side-by-side -side of Rodgers doing it. And it was top, like the, yeah. Yes, it was the exact same play. And that's a very hard throw. That's a, that is a top half of the NFL type accuracy. Timing, being able to read it. And it's, it's just really cool to see. Poise, he has that, at least so far. Decision-making, he's making his reads. Yeah. You, can, you can see where his eyes are going, and he's making the right decisions and accuracy. Oh. He's, he's accurate. Those are the things you want to see, Strofe. Yeah, and when it comes to making the reads, right, understanding the progressions and making a snap decision, right? I mean, this is a very quick game. You've got to be decisive. And that was the big question, I would say. Maybe my biggest question about him was how decisive is he, and has he improved since he was drafted three and a half years ago? And there was one play that stuck out to me. It was actually an incomplete pass that stuck out to me in this game. It was Luke Musgrave kind of cutting over the middle of the field, and Love made the decision to throw it behind him, and it fell incomplete. If he would have thrown it in front of him, it would have been intercepted. There was two guys there. And he quickly evaluated that and decided to throw it to a position where only Luke Musgrave, a rookie tight end, by the way, could make a play on it. Musgrave wasn't able to come up with it, but that was kind of a snap decision that made me think, yeah, this is actually a bad play that I feel good about, on top of the good plays that I feel good about. So yeah, Brad, I mean, I'm really excited about him. Now, I've always said I try to temper my expectations in the preseason. I try not to make or get too excited or overreact to preseason games. But I don't know if it's an overreaction anymore that Jordan Love looks like a at least serviceable, if not good, NFL quarterback, uh, given what we know now through two preseason games. I think when you, when you started and when Rodgers was traded and, and Jordan Love was made QB1 of the Green Bay Packers, a very, very large shoes to fit in, there was a spray of different possibilities, right? It's like this guy could be, could be a third Hall of Famer straight, right? Very rare, but could happen. He could be terrible. I mean, he could be absolutely... Yeah. You know, we're, we're sending our team right into the dumpster fire terrible. I think what's happening is the spray of possibilities is shrinking. I think you can take away the possibility that he is awful, he is trash, he cannot play in this league, and you really don't know that until he's on the field. So I think this, the, the floor for him has raised a little bit, which is, which is good to feel because the last thing you want to be, the last thing you want to be is that franchise that continues to just cycle through quarterbacks and prays that it works out. I think that we can raise his floor, which should be very comforting. Now, will he be top 10 ever in his career? Will he be top 5 ever? We don't know that yet. But we, there should be some comfort knowing that the scenario where the Packers become a joke, I don't see that happening. I think we can all agree we don't see that happening. No, I, I do agree. Now, you, To your point, right? you don't want to become Houston or Chicago or, mm -hmm. or Cleveland who cycle through quarterbacks trying to figure out if it's the guy right? and, and getting excited about preseason ultimately for it to fall flat on his face. I think the most important point you made was the fact that it seems like the floor has, has, has risen. Risen? Risen. Risen. Uh, thank you. Yes. English, my forte, clearly. <laughs> Um, but I also think the ceiling has risen. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I have seen some flashes now through his first training camp and two preseason games as the guy of this team that make me think, wow, okay, maybe this was worth a first-round pick and maybe this, this will pan out. Now, in retrospect, do you wish that maybe the Packers in 2020 would have gone all in and, and drafted a, uh, a T. Higgins in the first round rather than Jordan Love? Maybe. But – 
right now as you, as you evaluate Jordan Love as the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, you're thinking maybe this will work out. And, and you know, three weeks ago, you asked me that question. I would have said, yeah, maybe, right? Like, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to watch him. But I don't really know a ton about him. What I've seen has been really, really encouraging. If I, I totally understand the, the desire for those years to capitalize, try to get Rodgers another Super Bowl and the Packers another Super Bowl. But, man, if you can find a more than serviceable quarterback for 10 years plus and you're always at least on the cusp of going to the playoffs and maybe more, look, I was a part of some franchises that before in the Panthers, before Cam Newton, they were just wayward, right? Could not find their way. Were totally irrelevant. It's demoralizing. There's no hope. The fans are not looking forward to the football season. They're looking forward to watching the the great matchups of the world, but you're not looking forward to listening to the, or watching the Panthers. But then you got a guy like Cam Newton that can come in and can be MVP, can make plays, can win you games. There's hope. There's encouragement. There's excitement. And say what you want about Blake Bortles, but he was able to take at least. You know Jacksonville from missing yeah. the playoffs for so long, and I don't know. There's a very much a team effort for that one, but can't underestimate how important it is to have a guy. And he looks like he could be the guy. Speaking of being the guy, the one thing that I haven't really seen from Jordan Love, I think this is just his demeanor, which I like. Very steady, right? Say the right thing. Not going to make waves. He goes on that scamper yeah. on that touchdown drive, right? And and he he gets a little bit excited, right? A little bit excited, and how the guy fell, fell on him, and rightfully so, is a penalty. I love the way his guys got around him. You see that? They were you know, that. almost a scuffle, and that, that just shows to me that they're starting to believe. And yeah. when your team believes, boy, then anything is possible. Yeah, I think something we've talked about a little bit the last couple weeks has been the optics, right? The external optics about how his guys have rallied around him. And we've seen that in the media. We've seen that in the interviews. We've seen that in the press conferences. We haven't seen it on the field just strictly because we really haven't had the opportunity to. But you're right. Right then, Jordan Love's making the first shove, but who's getting involved then? It's the O-lineman. It's, it's the Zach Toms of the world who, on a complete side note, seems to have locked up that right tackle spot, and I'm very excited about that for the second-year tackle. Um, but he's right in there, right? And they're standing up for their guy. They're fighting for him. They're picking his battles. And you just need that. You need that energy. You need that rapport, and it, it's popping off the television screen. So everything about this Jordan Love era has actually made me just incredibly optimistic about what, what the possibilities are. Now, I've said this a few times over the course of the last 48 hours. I do not know how many games they will win or lose. What I do know, though, is after seeing that third offensive drive on Saturday against New England, is that this offense is going to have some moments where they are just so much fun. Right? Like 11 personnel, uh, personnel Brad. Jordan Love. Aaron Jones. Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end who everybody's head over heels for. And your three receivers will be Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, who had a beautiful catch up the sideline that was overturned, and Jaden Reed, who had the touchdown catch in the slot. I mean, that is a really fun and young, it's really young, but it's a really fun 11 personnel that you'll see it's obviously a ton of uh, in, in this 2023 season. It, it is just oozing with potential. I mean, it just, there is going to be plays, I totally agree. There's going to be some ugly plays, right? There's going to be where somebody is out of position, miscommunication, or, you know, there's a veteran that is just absolutely playing the receiver just the right way to bait the throw and take the interception. That will happen. There's going to be some plays like that, like that Reed touchdown pass where you go, whoa, that was unbelievable. And, and that's what Goody wants. That's what he, I, yeah. think, I think everybody in the organization feels comfortable with the fact that this is not the year where we're going to make the deep playoff run and we're going all in for it. We want to take our lumps this year and be able to, to look to future years. Kind of begs the question, what, 
What more do you need to see from Jordan Love in the third preseason game? Anything? I don't need him to play. You don't need him to play at I've, all. I've seen one drive, and again, that's not a full quarter. That's not a full half. It's not a full game, which you will be playing hopefully 17 of in, in 2023. But the, there was two drives, one from each of those games, where I have walked away saying, whew, that was exciting. That looked pretty darn good. Especially, none more than the third drive, his final drive against New England. That drive showed, against a starting defense, by the way, what this Packers offense is capable of when they are humming at all levels. So that, that's what excites me. I don't need to see anything more. I agree. I, I think that I, they will play him, and I'd like to see him play, just because a couple more series, a little bit more in, uh, into rhythm and routine, I think is a good thing, especially a young guy and all the young guys around him. But let's not do anything too crazy. Let's complete passes. Let's not show the Chicago Bears anything. And let's come away healthy to Chicago. And speaking about healthy, and speaking about a, a man walking in with a presence, Chris Orr has finally joined us. Chris Orr, in welcome. In the flesh. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can in you hear flesh. us? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, great. In the flesh, man. In the flesh, man. I had to get some work in, man. I'm a little irritated with you. Why are you irritated with me? So Brad brought up a very fair point at the beginning of the show after you had hung up. Where we hung up on you, whichever way it happened. <laughs> I was listening. I heard everything. So his question was, when you popped in the GPS and it said arrival 615, which just about nailed that, Brad. If he showed up one minute ago, <laughs> it was 615. Why didn't you say anything then? I thought I could beat it. Mm. By 15 minutes. Yeah. On a one-hour drive. Yeah. On That's that. a competitor right there. Uh, you know, hypothetically, <laughs> I don't want to say what I want to say. Well, some of those highways... Well, no, uh, what uh, is it, hypoth hypothetically, Chris, right, because we do not want to incriminate you here. Yeah. <laughs> hypothetically, if you were running 15 minutes late to a scenario and you were trying to get on time, how fast would you go? <sighs> Probably go like 10, 15 over. So like 85 on a 70? Yeah, something like that. Not right. too bad. Not too no, that's well, not too bad. Well, he was still 15 minutes clear. late, so he must have been going the speed limit. As long as you're in the yeah. clear. <laughs> yeah, he was going the speed limit. While Chris Orr is here, we'll talk Jonathan Taylor with Jonathan Taylor's former teammate. Coming up next, Brad Nortman, Alex Strofe with you as well. We are the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Fitchburg. Of course, four great locations in the area. Here in Fitchburg, one right downtown, one on the east side, and one in the Hilldale area of Madison. All great menus, all great beer and, and craft beverage selections and brunches back each Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. All the great selections, all the classic options, all the mimosas, all the drinks, all the food you could ever want available Saturday and Sunday at all four Great Dane locations in the area. Go to greatdanepub.com slash brunch. That's greatdanepub.com slash brunch for more information on the brunch being back. Jonathan Taylor requests a trade from the Indianapolis Colts, and the Colts say, yeah, go ahead, look for one. We're fine with that. We just need some hefty return. We'll talk about what comes next and his former teammate, Chris Orr. What are his thoughts on the situation? We'll get into it next. It's the Great Dane Huddle rolling on after this. The Great Dane Huddle rolls on live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Fitchburg. Alex Strove, two former Badgers with me. I got one on my left who played the position of punter. Everybody loves a specialist. Everybody. Also, Correct. Also played for the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is the brilliant mind of Brad Nortman. And to my right, played linebacker for the University of Wisconsin. Was a terrific linebacker. Has the mind of a linebacker. Has the mentality of a linebacker. And he played linebacker on special teams. Also, for the Carolina Panthers, he was the should've, could've, would've, and Alex Strofe Defensive Player of the Year for the New Jersey Generals in the USFL. He is Chris Orr. 
How's that for an intro? Hey, that's an amazing intro. For being 15 minutes late, I'm still pretty nice, aren't I? <laughs> That was amazing. Ultimate hype man, Alex Ultimate Stroh. I mean, man. I feel so good whenever I get on the horn with you, Stroh. I really do. I appreciate you, fellas. I, I love you both, and it's always good hanging out with you. Now, we were talking in the commercial break, programming note, which I think I can publish, and if I can't, somebody will have to silence my microphone. This will be the <laughs> final week of the just the three of us. Um, as of next week, we will be doing a two-hour special from 6 to 8 p.m. It'll be the three of us. But it'll also be my in-season co-hosts, the former Badgers and Rose Bowl champions, Tarek Sala and Derek Angler, will join us. It'll be the five of us for two hours, the official kickoff to Badger season mm. next Monday. As crazy as it is, next Monday kicks off game week for the Badgers as they play a week from Saturday against Buffalo on September 2nd. So we will have a two-hour special here on ESPN Madison next Monday. With me, Chris Orr, Brad Nortman, Tarek Sala, and Derek Engler. I hope we have enough headsets for that. <laughs> Might have to look into that. We can share one. You know, like uh, singers on stage will like, get real close and yeah. share, share a microphone. Yeah. I'll share one with you guys, boys. Right. That's the closest we can buy. like the temptation. Yeah, the temptation. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about I figured that's what they have over us. They're Rose Bowl champs. We yeah. should have won the Rose Bowl. I was going to say that, but I didn't because I knew last time Bowl. I brought that up, you got really mad at me. Yeah, don't do it again. You said you said it wasn't my fault. It was a team effort. And then I said, well, who won the game? And you said we didn't lose the game. We just ran out of time. And I said, well, according to the time, you still lost. <laughs> so, anyway, not to rehash that no, argument. I do want to talk famous. about one of your uh, college teammates, though. The uh, we talked about him a few weeks ago as this situation began to unfold today, just about an hour ago, this, this uh, situation takes another turn with Jonathan Taylor, the mm-hmm. former Heisman Trophy finalist, the Doak Walker Award winner, uh, and former Wisconsin Badger, currently with the Indianapolis Colts, was kind of in a holdout situation. And Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, said they weren't going to trade him. And now, as of about an hour ago, the Colts have given Jonathan Taylor and his camp permission to seek a trade opportunity. But being reported as well is that they will only accept the trade if it involves a first-round pick. Mm. Chris, uh, we've talked plenty over the course of the last month or so about the running back position and how they're underpaid and underutilized and underappreciated. What is your reaction to this latest development in the Jonathan Taylor saga out in Indianapolis? Uh, it, it makes sense. I think uh, I think this was more so Jim Irsay instead of uh, you know Chris Ballard, the GM for the Colts, to be honest. Also because a former Badger. Usually when you go to a team and you might request a trade, you're going to hash it out, try to figure it out, how you can make this thing happy for each other. If you can't, then boom, you just go ahead and move on with it, especially in the day and age now where players are uh, more vocal, more upfront about what they're going through, how they're feeling with teams and organizations. JT putting that out there and then Jim Irsay, them basically having a back and forth for all of the world to see, just doesn't look good for the organization. So you knew. You knew at some point this was coming, to be honest. At some point you were going to bend the knee and, and, and go ahead and get it done. Um, I wonder, do you know, if they're asking for a first round in the upcoming draft or just a first round period? I think it's just period, but uh, yeah. I have not talked to Chris Ballard directly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you can do that for me and, and figure that one out. Brad Norman, I go to you. Your reaction to the latest, uh, latest chapter in the saga. I just think about how this all has unfolded, mm-hmm. and I just think that, a lot of problems occur when you talk about people, not two people. Mm-hmm. And they, the owner, Ursay, basically went to the media 
aired his grievances about yep. the running back market and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, it's going to upset a franchise, an yeah. amazing <laughs> Pro Bowl, all-pro player like Jonathan Taylor, who I've only met briefly. You played with Chris. By all accounts, just an absolute stand-up oh, great dude. Amazing. There's no reason you should get upset amazing. And, and have an issue with somebody yes. like that in your locker room. For so, sure. um, you know, I... It, there's a bit of self-destruction when it comes to Jim Irsay. Mm-hmm. There's been a long, uh, and not, not to bring up anything in his personal life, just purely professionally, there's been a, a bit of self-destruction mm-hmm. in the way he's, he's run the team, and this is another part of it. Because, look, as much as people think that running backs can just be discarded and stuff, it's hard to find an all-pro running back. Yes. It's hard to find someone that you can literally focus your entire offense mm-hmm. around. So I, I, if I were Jim Irsay, I'd be looking back and say, gosh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Here's an olive branch. But it, for me, though, he's looking. He's saying he's doubling down. Yeah. Okay, then go ahead. Trade. Yep. And I'm going to give an outrageous mm-hmm. trade demand on uh, yep. compensation back. So I'm, I'm frustrated for Jonathan. And, man, it's, it's just tough. Players don't want to play in that kind of organization. Mm-hmm. Look, they're going to they're gonna do what's best for them, but I guarantee all the other players in the league are looking at this and go, here we go again with yep. John, with, uh, um, with Jim Irsay. So yep. I'm frustrated for JT, and I hope it works out for him. I hope he goes to a place that can appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy, man. I, I, it is crazy. And to, to both of your guys' points, I, I think when Jim Irsay opened his mouth a few weeks ago and essentially, in a paraphrasing, essentially said, uh, the NFL will keep moving if Jonathan Taylor and I both died today, right? I mean, it was essentially his comments. It was stupid. And today is an indication that Jim Irsay once again is doubling down on stupid. And, and that is, uh, for JT's sake, frustrating. But but for an Indianapolis Colts fan, let's yes. say, that's frustrating. Yes. Because to, what you said, Brad, is absolutely true. Running backs do come and go in this league. And maybe they are uh, more expendable and replaceable than maybe we want to say out loud, both of you, especially as former players. But it is really hard to replace an all-pro running back. It is, it is really hard to replace, a, a, a honestly, what I would call a once-in-a-generation-type talent. JT's that good. And he was that good at Wisconsin. He's proven in the NFL he can be that good at that level. So I'm fascinated to see where this goes because, A, I don't know if a team's going to step up and say, yep, we'll give you whatever you want, an arm and a leg for Jonathan Taylor, but then also need to sign him to a contract, right? Like, it's a tough situation for any team that wants JT, um, but it's a tough situation for the Colts, and it's a tough situation for Jonathan Taylor. There's no winners here. Everybody looks bad. It's the 21st of August. Like, (laughs) if we're going to do this, let's do it in May. Let's do it in June. Why are we doing it at the end of August when the season starts in two weeks, three weeks? He's not even thinking about his team. You can tell that, man, you know, a lot of owners, uh, this isn't necessarily a shot, but, like, not too many of them truly know football. Like, they're owners because they understand how to run a business. Football's a big business. Understandable. But you're in a small market. That's what the Indianapolis Colts fans and the organization complain about a lot. We're in a small market. Our players don't get to – fair share of their glory as they should be getting for how good they are you see with Shaq Leonard everybody talked about it with JT as well but you're in a rebuild situation with a brand new rookie quarterback that you've already declared the starter why why would you piss off your all pro running back who's been a staple of your organization since he got there at one point in time you only won a game when he had over 100 yards rushing literally you you went solely through him why put your organization in that in that situation period like why even do that even if even if it came to the point where you're like okay JT we'll do a one year up to 18 million with 15 million guarantee whatever if you, even if you had to do it all in one year and just push it front loaded give it all to him right then and there and say We're, we don't want to agree to anything long term but we can do this for a year I guarantee you JT would have said great I want to be a cult 
And even if you look at, if we can agree, and I'm sure Jim Irsay thinks this, mm-hmm. quarterback's more important than running back. Mm-hmm. Okay, we agree. Fine. Okay, they just drafted a young, yeah. raw talent quarterback mm-hmm. in Anthony Richardson. Yep. Don't you think that he'd like to have a mature superstar running yep. back to share the load, mm-hmm. maybe take a little bit off of him, someone that can be a leader, what it looks like to be a pro? Don't you think that'd yep. be helpful for a young quarterback? You think yeah. it would? Yes. And you're not, even, you're not even paying Anthony Richardson yet. Yeah. So to, even for a short-term deal, it makes a ton of sense. Even if you don't value the running back, you should value your quarterback, and a mm-hmm. quarterback would appreciate having that asset. Yep. It seems like that ship has sailed, unfortunately. It does. Yeah. It's, it's but gone. it's really odd, right? Like, it's, it's a it's a really weird scenario. Uh, real quick, Chris, you reference the stat every time we talk JT, and it is <laughs> such an important one to reference. The Colts in Jonathan Taylor's short career, might I add, are 13 wins, mm. one loss, one tie when he rushes for 100-plus yards. He's done mm. it 15 times in his career. They've won 15 of those games, and they've tied one. Wow. Mm. They've lost once mm. when JT rushes for 100 or more yards. And you want to talk about how valuable a running back is. Like, everybody always – everybody would – especially in this in the uh, year that we're having now when people point to Josh Jacobs he led the league in rushing but it didn't reflect on their uh, on their win total it's a direct correlation with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts for when you rush for 100 yards we have a pretty good chance of winning the football game and you decide to tell him you're not important. You're not that important as you think you are, essentially. And, and the game they lost, he ran for 108 yards. Wow. He, ba- he barely oh. made it. He barely made it. The, mm-hmm. the game they tied, though, uh, he did run for a ho- 147 and also, uh, and also catch two passes for 16 yards. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, not a bad stat line in that tie either. So, Jonathan Taylor, uh, with permission from his team, the Indianapolis Colts, to seek a trade. We will see what happens as that saga will continue. Um, just weird it's just weird yeah very like the nfl is weird and you guys know Mm -hmm. this way better than i do but it is just weird yeah like who the hell in the right mind is like yeah jonathan taylor he's a he's a slouch no thanks we'll trade him no problem and this is why when you do have leverage in the nfl when you are a free agent i mean shoot you do it because mm-hmm. you don't have control over a lot. Where yep. you go to matters. And he just got plucked up by Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He didn't ask for the situation. There's yep. plenty of other franchises that would have paid him by now. For sure. And, for sure. And he had no control over that. So where you land matters. And when the rare time comes around when you do have leverage, you should take advantage. Because mm-hmm. they're taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and the team at Carbon World Health getting you ready for whatever's next. Whether you're looking to cut back some body fat, whether you're looking to get stronger and healthier, whatever you got to do, you can learn about it at Carbon World Health. Visit their website, carbonworldhealth.com. Alex Drove, Brad Nortman, Chris Orr with you. We play Gmail with a voiceless G after this. It's the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. I can't believe this is a fake game. Gmail? <laughs> yeah. You'll get over it. It is the great day in Huddle. <laughs> Alex Strove, Chris Orr, Brad Nortman with you. Got to tell you quickly about everything going on over at the GRB Academy, which is baseball for the serious player. GRB Academy wants to be part of your plan to reach your potential. Utilize GRB Academy's 52,000-square-foot facility, 14 batting cages, and 6,000-square-foot weight room. Personal lessons, well, those are available year-round, too, with over 350 college players and over 150 Division I players. GRB has led the way in the Midwest for college recruitment and player development. 
Visit grbacademy.com for more information. That's GRB Academy Baseball for the serious player. And Chris Orr, despite it being a fake game, is a serious player of <laughs> Gmail. For sure. You've got mail. Well, we're going to do everything we possibly can here. Oh, your voice oh sounds corrupt, <laughs> Thanks, guys. I love to hear it. Uh, we're going to start right away with something pretty pretty poignant to that. We've got Cornelius and Texarkana texting and just chirping me. <laughs> Alex sounds like crap. Is there anything you could do possibly to be worse and more worthless at your job than a radio personality without a voice? Alex Strofe, we'll start with you. I mean, yeah, absolutely. There's so many, right? Like, what if you're a, uh, what if you're a truck driver without a, uh, a CDL or a driver's license? <laughs> You'd be pretty useless then, right? Like, what if you're a, what if you're a painter who doesn't know how to paint? You don't know that blue and red together make green. I think is it green? Purple, bro. Purple, purple is, is, is blue. It's purple. Yeah. Yellow and red. Yellow and green make blue. Yellow and red make what? No, no. Yellow and blue make green. Yellow and red make what? Orange. All right. Wow. You're a pretty good painter, huh? <laughs> Artistic. A blind doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say a doctor fair. with broken hands. A surgeon with broken hands. Ooh. A hunter with a broken foot. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Pl- there's plenty more than a yeah. radio host that. I mean, Matt Hamilton does this 10 hours a week, and he barely has a voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think there's plenty of things for <laughs> No one else has anything to chime in with. All right. Speaking of being bad at your job, Russia crashed a rocket into the moon this past weekend after it lost control and spun out. Logan in Duluth wants to make fun of him, he says, but thinking about it, how smart do you have to be in order to make fun of a literal rocket scientist? Brad Nortman. That's a good point. You do have to be. I just like the pride that Russia thinks we're just gonna we're just gonna take a rocket, we're gonna send it up, and darn it, we're gonna land it on the moon. (laughs) Nice try. The pride. I love. I love seeing Russia be knocked down a couple levels. So, I mean, to me, you're a Russian scientist. I can make fun of you, and and, and you're you're un-American if you don't. But here's the thing, Brad. I don't need to be good at something in order to make fun of somebody for being bad at something, right? Like. I do not have to be a rocket scientist in order to say, hey, you rocket scientist, you suck, right? I don't need to be an NFL quarterback to evaluate Nathan Peterman throwing five interceptions in a game is bad quarterback ah, play. That's right. Fair. Like I, I don't need to be a good doctor uh, to know that you botched a surgery and made somebody's injury worse. No, nah, I feel like I feel like there needs to still be a base level though. You gotta have a base level of knowledge <laughs> if you're gonna make fun of a rocket scientist. You can't you can't have never graduated high school and make fun of the rocket science. <laughs> I disagree. What? Are you, you kidding you me? You don't need you to can't, be a genius okay, to acknowledge somebody sucks at their job. No, 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 no. And then this. That's something saying I can do it. You can't be you couldn't have been a senior on JV and make fun of Nate Peterson. You well, can't do that. Okay, well, I wasn't. There, there's I, a I base. Wasn't, you, I'm not like coming, you coming at you. Coming I'm not coming, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm not coming at you. I'm not coming at you. I'm just saying, I think there needs to be a base level. But. Outside of that, if you do something stupid, I think you deserve to get mad. I've never played a down of football. Does that mean I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to football? No, no, I wouldn't say that. Okay, I think I I've think never, I've never signed. But making fun, the rocket. making fun of, ah, making fun of versus critiquing. You know what I mean? If you're making fun of somebody, you gotta have some type of base knowledge, bro. You gotta have something. 
All right, fair enough. What's next? <laughs> There's a woman who's help who's been helping her husband not look at sex scenes in movies, specifically oh, about this. recently on Oppenheimer. She, she her husband apparently has you know a problem with pornography, and and she decided to tell him when there was nudity and when there's not, so he could look away and look back. But it got me thinking. Or uh, rather, it it got Cammy and Madison thinking. Unless you're alone, <laughs> unless you're alone or with a partner, is there ever a time that you're not a little uncomfortable watching a sex scene on TV, Chris? Oh, um, I used to be uncomfortable watching sex scenes when I was like younger, <laughs> watching like a movie with my parents or something. Uh, like yeah, that. parents is oh, always man. uncomfortable. Yeah, parents, we there. probably when when my when my kids old enough, probably with her, I'll probably feel weird watching a sex scene. I don't, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like sex scenes just period are a little weird because I feel yeah. like they're thrown in at weird times. Normally they're unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, we don't right? need like, yeah. And what I read, and I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, admittedly, I need to. Um, I read that these sex scenes didn't really play into the plot at all. Now, mm. I, 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 gee, it's hard for me to do this. At, we're not on video tonight. We're just on radio. <laughs> but, like, I need to explain the article that you're referring to, how it spelled out what happens. So, Brad, I'm going to use your shoulder as my example. So you're, oh, you're the wife in the story. <laughs> you're the wife in the story in the scenario. I'm the husband. So uh -oh. when the sex scene came on the screen, he would lean his shoulder into his wife's, like, or lean his head into his wife's shoulder like this. What? And then she would, like, whisper in his ear, you're good. And then he'd, like, pop his head back up and continue to watch. And he must have had a horrible problem with uh, yeah. like, <laughs> oh this. Yeah. This is just absurd to me. Yeah, that's, I feel like you could, like, if you have enough will to do that, like, you, you should have enough will to close your eyes. Right. You know what I mean, like, just close your eyes. Bro. Yeah, but like he's using her shoulder as the as the protective yeah, view from yeah. the screen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess you got to do what you got to do. You think he was keeping yeah, an eye like out? Uh, yeah, he like he's peeking. pretty committed. He, like he was pretty peeking. committed. He was peeking. The head. I think the head on the shoulder is just enough to tell his so his wife will leave him alone. And he's definitely peeking out the corner of his eye. My wife and I always talk about how weird do you think it is for the actor to shoot Isn't that it. So weird. That's what I'm saying, yeah, bro. like that would be just I don't know. I know I know they're professionals and whatever that means, but I'm still there's yeah. something about it where you it's don't like, need it. yeah, I, I just I think that would be so weird yeah. for the actors to do. You could easily just imply that. It was a sexy. Yeah. You could. They you used could. to, like, in the 50s, you know? Yeah, they kind of, like, fade saying. in and then yeah. fade out. That's it. With the, your hair messed up and y'all are laying in the bed. Yeah. I can't imagine they enjoy it. I can't imagine no. that there's anything that they look forward to. Um, what if it's, I'm speculating, like, but. two incredibly good-looking single people? You don't you think like it's that. enjoyable to any point? Like <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, it's it's forced upon you. It's all fabricated. It's a, it's a very... Uh, it's a very like personal, you know. I don't know. It's a very personal thing for two people just to come together and just say, "Just do this." Mm -hmm. that, there should be so much more to it than yeah, that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I, I mean, I guess that's fair. All right. Anyway, we got time for one more. Yeah. Speaking of nudity, <laughs> Kyle in Boston brings up that his coworker wears a large, large shirt to sleep in. Are you all sleeping in shirts? We'll start with you, Alex Strofe. Yeah, look, the, the, there are just few things that get on my nerves. Very few. Man. The theory of a sleep shirt is one mm, of the few. Talk about it, bro. I think it is so stupid. <laughs> talk about that it. That you dedicate a singular piece of clothing to wear to bed every night. That's mm. dumb to me. It's beyond comprehension. Hate it. Like, I, I wear whatever. Usually, I wear nothing. Yeah. TMI, maybe. Um, but I... 
cannot get behind the fact that you find an oversized t-shirt and you're like, yeah, that'd be a great thing to wear to bed at night. Like, I just don't get that at all. And I heard somebody say this term recently, and I said to them, this is the dumbest thing ever. I mean, I don't wear a shirt at all to bed. I'm, I got, I'm free flowing. I got, I'm a warm sleeper, so I gotta let that body heat roll. Thank so you. no, no t-shirt at all for mm-hmm. me. And I agree. I, I think it's constraining. So, it's strange okay. to me that there's like a one, like, I, like a one t-shirt to do that. I gotta be honest, though, Brad. When I was having this conversation, uh, me and uh, who, who sent this one in, G? <laughs> Kyle in Boston. All right, me and Kyle in Boston were talking about this, and I said to Kyle. If there's anybody on this panel that owns matching pajamas with their significant other, it's Brad Norton. Do you and Lexi <laughs> own matching pajamas? Uh, I should be so lucky to own matching pajamas with her, but no, we do not. Really? Do not Chris, pajamas. do you own matching pajamas yeah, with your wife? Yeah, we have matching pajamas. I knew somebody did. But I'm sorry, Brad. <laughs> no, this, okay. is the thing. this is the thing. We have them, but I think we only had them to do like a Christmas photo shoot. And I don't, I'm just like you, brother. I got nothing. I got nothing to go to sleep. I sweat. If it's too hot in there, I'm going to be sweating. I need the air down. I need the fans circulating. I don't understand how that's comfortable to people because unless you sleep like you're in the coffin and you're just not moving, you got to feel restraint at some point, bro. Your, your elbows are getting caught up. You're getting hot. You can't tell me the visual of Brad Nortman in, like, button-up plaid oh, for PJs sure. is silk. hilarious. Silk. And yeah. they're silk. It's hilarious. Sure. I might sure. have to just do it. It definitely might have to just do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny visual. CarbonWorldHealth.com, Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and his team at Carbon World Health looking to help you take that next step in your fitness journey. Visit CarbonWorldHealth.com for more information. We'll wrap it up after this, 12 days away from the kickoff of the Badgers season and just a couple of days away from the final preseason game for the Packers. Mm. Who has more pressure on them in 2023? Is it Luke Fickle or Jordan Love? We talk about it next as we wrap up the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Pittsburgh. Great Dane Huddle rolls on live for the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Fitchburg. Alex Stroh, former Badgers and NFLers, Brad Nortman, Chris Orr with me as we gear up for football season. Fellas, I had my first high school football game already. We had two last week on 100.5 ESPN, two more this week, Thursday and Friday. I mean, it's here, man. Uh, We've made it. It's pretty wild, though. Like, summer flew by. Football. (laughs) One more time. Football. (laughs) Why are you saying it like that? Oh man, I don't I don't even know where that's from, man. Somebody was talking about ball though. It feels so right some, though. Yeah, it sounds some, so right. Just some, football. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Just a guy that loves ball, man. Just love seeing people put their face in the fan. I love it. What What'd you make of Jordan Love this weekend? Did you watch the Packers game at all? Yeah, I watched the Packers, man. I watched them for you, brother. What'd you make of Jordan Love? I don't. I mean, I don't think he was too bad. I think. I think some of the stuff that was bad weren't necessarily solely on him, which which is something that it comes and goes with the quarterback position. I think that that's what he's going to have to learn to roll with. But I wish that – I hope that fans and, you know, the football world could see past, oh, you, you lost this many games as a starting quarterback or you didn't do X, Y, and Z as a starting quarterback instead of looking at the team as a whole and how he functioned throughout it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think, you know, the situational stuff, right, like the bad mm-hmm. snap that resulted in a turnover, not his fault. Yep. But 
uh, I would say otherwise, the bad things were actually good, as Brad yeah. and I talked about a bit earlier. The passing through behind Musgrave was a good read and, and a good find. So we will see. But I, I want to ask this as we wrap up the show here on ESPN Madison. Who's, who do you guys believe is under more pressure in the 2023 football season? Is it the Badgers' new head coach with high expectations, Luke Fickle, or is it the Packers' quarterback replacing a legend mm. in Jordan Love? Who do you guys think is under more pressure specifically in the 2023 season? I think you can make the argument for both. Um, I think with Coach Fickle with his resume coming from Cincinnati and taking them to the playoffs, and then the thought is you do it in a Power 5 program with rich history and tradition of good players coming through already. The thought is that that combining together would propel us to the playoffs. And um, I think he's added pressure just by, like, how well he's recruited and stuff like that. So, like, everybody's excitement is up. Everybody wants to see the season match their excitement. But I I don't think you'll ever beat the pressure of being a starting NFL quarterback, one, and let alone to follow up a Hall of Fa- first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback in a traditional organization. Oh, man, I don't, I don't think he'll – I don't think it's, it's equal at all. I think it's Jordan Love for sure. Mr. Nortman? I totally agree. Expectations for the Badgers are mm-hmm. higher yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. But I think there's an expectation built in as well that this thing could take some time mm-hmm. as well. For sure. And you're usually not going to blame a year one head coach if they don't perform to expectations this year, mm. right? Because you're thinking, well, he's got to get his guys in there. Yep. He's got to set culture. Mm-hmm. So he's got a longer time frame. Jordan Love. Boy, he does not have he long. Not he does have not long. have long. He's already year four. <laughs> he got he's, six he's, weeks. He's following up two um, Hall of Famers, one of which is leaving already right now. So Jordan Love for me. A lot of, lot of pressure this year for Jay Love. But he's handling it well. I, I, I lean Luke Fickle, but I don't have time to tell you about that. What I do have time to tell you about is my friend Diamond Jim and the team over at Condon Jewelers, the jeweler on the east side. The jeweler on your side, whether you're looking to take that next step or to treat yourself, there's only one place to do it, and that's at Condon Jewelers on the east side of Madison or online at condonjeweler.com. Big thanks to Alex G. Back at the Everlight Solar Studio for producing tonight. This has been the Great Dane Huddle.